in no event will Chewing the Fat Program podcast be liable to any party for any direct, indirect, special, punitive, or consequential damages, including but not limited to damages for loss of business profits, business interruption, or any other damages arising in any way out of the availability, use, reliance on, or inability to use any information, part, manual, or whole good, even if chewing the fat program podcast has been advised of the possibility of such damages and regardless of the form of action whether in contract tort or otherwise or for any claim attributable to errors omissions or other inaccuracies in or destructive properties of any materials parts manuals whole goods information etc i just wanted to get that out of the way welcome welcome to chewing the fat No more free runs from Peloton. I know. They announced owners will now have to sign up for a $39 a month subscription to use its treadmills. Now, the treadmills from Peloton are only, what, three, $4,000? You can probably get one on sale today for $2,500, something like that. I mean, it's not too bad. So when I say three to $4,000, I apologize. You can get one on sale today for $24.95. But they had a just run option on the tread and treadmill, and it was removed following safety concerns. Remember last month in collaboration with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, Peloton issued a voluntary recall for the tread after a child was tragically killed and more than 70 other incidents were reported. So since people can't take uh, their own responsibility, we have to take it for you. So the company said it introduced a new feature called Treadlock, which requires a four-digit passcode to secure the device from unauthorized access. Unfortunately, though, due to current technical limitations, I'd like to wonder what those are treadlock is not yet available without a peloton membership yeah we couldn't figure that one out we tried we thought you know if we just sell the treadmill and say hey if you want all our extra stuff you can buy a membership and punch in your code but if you don't punch in the code then we'll just make it a regular treadmill we didn't know how to figure that one out so we're working on that so right now we're going to give you three months free for the all access membership for all tread and so if you don't have a subscription you just need to activate the three-month all access membership to enable tread lock before you know before you can run on it <laughs> now hopefully within that three-month period we'll have it figured out we may not though so you'll probably just have to you know go ahead and sign up for that 39 dollars a month never mind that you purchased the product you'll be fine don't worry about it. Just pay the just pay the monthly fee and zip it, okay? We don't want to hear it. Now, I find that really strange. It really really annoys me that when uh, people have something bad happen to them, then they want to regulate it for you and me. You know, there was the story about the heart attack survivor who had 12 energy drinks a day. And now he wants to ban the sale of energy drinks. 
well, the headline is ban the sale to kids, but he really is trying to stop people from drinking the uh, energy drinks altogether. He's using the kids as his enabler. So according to this, he wants down a dozen energy drinks a day, and he wants to make sure that people are sure not to let their children have these beverages. He's on a campaign for kids' health after discovering his daughter had managed to purchase a monster energy drink at a convenience store next to her elementary school. She's 10. So instead of saying to your daughter, hey, you can't buy that. No, he wants to ban it for everyone. So according to this, he had 12 energy drinks a day and he was, you know, he would buy the cases of 24 cans and just drink them like any other drink. Though that was his choice. Know what I'm saying? Uh, he made that choice. Well, he had a habit that he continued for about a year until he suffered a fatal heart attack. Well, I mean, a near fatal. <laughs> it was a fatal heart attack. It would be pretty hard for him to do <laughs> uh, his campaign now, wouldn't it? Uh, one day I collapsed with a heart attack, and I had a, have a stent fitted. And I'm now on medication for life due to those dangerous drinks. Actually, uh, the drinks may have... Uh, may have been the culprit but you really are responsible for drinking all those drinks i mean it's the drinks didn't just show up into your body so when he discovered that his daughter had been able to purchase the very same beverage he was livid and he instead of going to the store right there and saying hey don't sell it to my daughter he put in a call to the school and warned administrators of the dangers next door and who sent their own warning to parents reminding the students should be advised against consuming sugary caffeinated drinks for the sake of their health and performance at school now he believes that parents and kids aren't well educated in the negative impact of energy drinks okay well how about you pass out a flyer stand in front of the school and pass out a flyer and let us know how dangerous they are according to him when he was in the hospital after the heart attack the doctor told me the energy drink consumption was the cause i didn't have a clue there were i didn't know that there was anything wrong with drinking them until then it was a hell of a shock at the time but now now i'm passionate about this issue and i want to make sure that no one gets to drink energy drinks ever Do I think that kids should be drinking energy drinks? No. They have sodas in the schools. Do they not? Are there not uh, vending machines and getting sodas at the cafeteria in these schools? Do I think the kids should be down in Red Bulls between fifth and sixth period? No. But if you ban it, they'll find they're still going to find a way. Maybe we just take a little bit of responsibility as a, oh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah, I know a parent. And we make sure that we oversee our children. Okay? There is no legislation that bans the sale of energy drinks to minors, especially in the United Kingdom and here in the United States. 
but there are you know places like he said that uh, some places in the united kingdom won't sell them to kids and i'm sure that's true here uh where they say get out of here you're not buying that and that'd be you know maybe you'd say well that's a responsible store owner but you know i don't know if the guy would sell them a coke probably would so i'm not sure that there's a big difference or if uh you know a 14 year old went in and said hey i need to get a cup of coffee from starbucks starbucks is going to go ahead and give him the the latte so i'm not sure that we ban it uh makes any good difference at all maybe we just take responsibility for our children i do really love the idea that uh you know i don't i think something is bad ban it for everybody something but something did something to me I know, and so it's so horrible, so we need to ban it. Everybody, it should, nobody should have it. That's just the way it is. Because I don't like it, you shouldn't have it either. Oh, uh, okay, well, thank you, I guess. Weird, just really weird. No personal responsibility, ooh, whatsoever. Yesterday, I talked to you about the uh, Florida woman that went to the ATM to get uh, 20 bucks and uh, she realized she thought she had a billion dollars in her account (laughs) so and then she couldn't get the 20 bucks out so she just said whatever and walked away and you know got a hold of the bank this was in largo florida well uh and then she tried to get a hold of the bank and they didn't they she couldn't get a hold of them and then so they finally hooked up with each other in a good way now, a Chase spokeswoman, this is with Chase Bank, a Chase spokeswoman clarified that what this lady thought was a balance was actually a negative in that amount, and that the bank posted that to her account to draw her attention to an issue with her account. Isn't that special? You'd think maybe the bank that has all your information would just reach out and get a hold of you how about they send you an email or they call you or they text you or the whatever i just i I find it interesting that we'll know what we'll do we'll put negative a billion dollars in her account and that will get her attention and she'll get a hold of us Uh, i don't know that i that I necessarily agree with that. But, I, you know, on the other hand, it's darn nice of them to do something like that just to get your attention, isn't it? So I know that uh, we are unveiling the Princess Diana statue uh, coming up on the 1st of July. We talked about it the other day and whether uh, Harry was going to go. And Harry is definitely going to go. But whether Megan is going to go with them and reports are that she's going and maybe Archie is coming, but not the baby. And so we've got to have news around this statue unveiling coming up in a week or so. If you're listening live, today is the 23rd of June, 2021. So, uh, you know, we're getting pretty close to that July 1st unveiling. So now we have a report from the fire chief who was the one who first was there to help Princess Diana after her fatal road crash in Paris. Now, he has apparently now spoken out for the first time, and 
he has said what the last words of Diana was. She was still alive when he got there. <laughs> wow. Okay. According to him, uh, Diana was still moving and talking at the time. And she spoke in English. I could understand that, so I tried to calm her. I held her hand. And then uh, he's never spoken to the press since then. I mean, that crash into the underpass there. They were going, they were driving, they guessed about 65 miles an hour. It instantly killed the driver, that Henry Paul, as well as Dodi Fayad, right? And so apparently she was still alive when the fire chief got there. And you'd think, I, I like the, it was not funny. I know I'm not supposed to laugh. And I mean, it's not funny at all. It's horrific. I know that. But for me to think about what Diana's final words were is something that I would do and have some laughs about. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe it's just me. Like, you know, you'd think maybe her last words were, uh, is that a word? I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll stop. So the fire chief said that her final words were, and I'll say this just in my voice. I won't try to pretend, you know, put on a fake voice or anything like that. It was just too horrific. She said, oh, my God, what's happened? Do we really need to know that? I mean, seriously. Does it matter? And do you believe it? I mean, I guess. There's no reason to doubt the guy. He's got no reason to lie. But why hasn't he spoken up since, you know, until now? Now he's going to say something as we're getting into uh, the statue unveiling. All right. All right. Apparently, uh, they helped Lady die into an ambulance. And he did that. find out who she was from the captain at the scene. He tells me who she is. And then, yes, I recognize her. But in the moment, I didn't. Okay. Uh, he was also the first per- person there. He saw f- two victims already passed away. Two others, including Diana's bodyguard, were severely injured but still alive. And his first, he first helped Diana, who was sitting on the floor in the back of the Mercedes. I discovered uh, then she was a uh, most beautiful woman and she didn't have any serious injuries to her face. She was not bleeding, but she was almost unconscious and was having difficulty breathing. She looked fine for the first minutes. I began to speak English to her, saying that I was a doctor and that the ambulance was on the way and everything was going to be all right. He left as soon as the emergency workers took over. This is the doctor. This is not the fire chief. So I left the scene without knowing who had been treating her. And now uh, she was rushed off, but the fire chief that was there and was helping her out of the car and rescuing her to the ambulance, said, uh, oh, my God, what's happened? So that was, that was Diana's last words. So, oh, my God, what's happened? Those are final words. I know, I know, I know, I get it. And we talked about, and is Megan really going to end up going to the statue unveiling, maybe to keep the, you know, the leash 
little tight on Harry. But we find out now that she's in big trouble with the Buckingham Palace powers that be because she allegedly presided over a toxic work environment. Oh, okay. We've heard that story before as well. She ran through people left and right, and at least 10 former palace staffers are now queuing up to assist an independent inquiry set up in the wake of the claims. Uh, The review of working practices being conducted by an independent law firm that was launched in March. So she has not spoken about this. Now, according to this, of course, the palace is taking each and every allegation very seriously and wants to get to the truth of the matter. Do you? But it could be a showdown coming. And Megan is adamant that the staff just wasn't up to do their job and could not deal with the pressure of working with me (laughs) and understanding how I wanted things to run. That sounds right. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to be on Megan's side, but I am on Megan's side here. I believe that all, all a hundred percent. The staff just was not ready to deal with Megan and they were not ready to deal with doing the job the way she wanted it done. They were not ready to deal with the way she wanted things to run. And they were not ready to deal with her being up and working so early they there were reports that the the one the one helper i don't know what her title was helper maid or do girl or whatever you know the royal do girl she was complaining that uh, you know megan was demanding and up early and sending emails well yeah that's that's her deal so i absolutely i i am on megan's side here that uh they just were not up to the job and they were not up to the task and they weren't used to dealing with someone that wanted to get up and get going and do the job and wanted things done the way I wanted things done. So is she going to show up and make that point? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Megan wants to keep the leash tight on Harry, but man, that's a tough trip. That's a tough trip to show up at the statue unveiling. Oof, that'd be fun to watch. That'll be fun to watch. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So Tinder has announced uh, some big changes uh, to the uh, to the app since uh, the big 2012 launch on the uh, you know since the pandemic altered dating landscape <laughs> they are they have uh, installed videos they're letting users attach up to nine short videos to their profiles hot takes users can discuss their spiciest opinions before matching available uh, that's go between 6 p.m and midnight on weekdays and they have explore mode that uh, lets you scan the virtual room before going in and striking up a conversation. Oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of like that. And I wonder, I mean, I guess if when you on Tinder, if you just tap on the tap on the photo without tap swiping left or right, is it Tinder? At Tinder, you just swipe up, I think, and then that takes you to other pictures of the person, right? And Bumble is you have to tap on it, and then that takes you to the other pictures not that i actually have used the app i'm just saying i understand 
how it works. I guess Tinder is attempting to become, uh, you know, the next TikTok. I, you know, I, they say no. Um, they say that Gen Z accounts for over 50% of Tinder's user base and adding videos and opportunities to display an authentic self is intended to attract more young adults to the app. Okay. Uh, according to the CEO, we're not trying to become a social media platform for friends. The end goal is still to foster romantic relationships, but with pandemic era tweaks. Oh, yes. Users coming out of COVID just want to slow things down and get to know people first a lot more before they decide to match. Do they? Let alone before they decide to go meet someone offline. Do they? Jim Lanzone, CEO of Tinder. Do they? The Bumble app uh, is, uh, you know, women have to make the first move. And it's uh, doubling down on its Bumble BFF feature to help nurture the IRL friendships. Is that in real life? Help feature uh nurture the in real life friendships okay uh bumble bff accounted for about nine percent of the app's monthly active users in 2020 uh match group which owns tinder recently acquired a south korean company hyperconnect that promotes conversations across borders and languages yes now i wonder now this is just some me thinking out loud on this app with the you know, short videos to their profiles. What are these videos going to be about? Is it just going to be people say just for the sake of conversation undressing? Or is it actually letting me, you know, discuss the, oh, those are hot takes. Uh, The hot takes between six and midnight on weekdays, those are letting uh, users discuss their spiciest opinions before matching. So you get to have the little hot takes, but with the videos that you're attaching to your profile, nine short videos to your profile, I wonder what happens if you attach nakedness. That's just a question I have. That's all. It's just a question I have. Oh, yeah. We got Brittany going before the judge today. I know. The the 23rd, if you're listening live, today she goes before the judge out in L.A. after 13 years into the conservatorship. Wow. I mean, that has been a huge control over her life. Now, apparently... She's been fighting this quietly over the years. I, 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 we'll see how it turns out. Should she be in charge of her money? Yeah, I guess. But has it hurt her? Um, I don't know. It seems to have made her a lot of money. And she's been okay. She just now doesn't like the idea. She feels like, you know, the medication is working and I'm not crazy. So I should be in control of my own money. Mark my words. This could be, this is quite possibly a chewing the fat prediction that if Brittany gets the go ahead to oversee her own money, which, you know, she should, it's her money. She worked for it. It's her gig. But if she gets it, she will be back on the road. She said she doesn't know if she's going to tour again, if she's going to make an album. She likes, you know, she likes doing cartwheels in the backyard and staying in the nice house. And she loves all that attention. But does she want to hit the road again and tour the world 
and maybe set up another Vegas deal, she's going to have to because she's going to see how fast that money disappears. Because I'm pretty sure she's used to living a pretty good lifestyle, and at least with the conservatorship, and I don't know everything behind the scenes, but at least with the conservatorship, there were some constraints to the Britney spending, right? It was like, and so if she gets the uh, gets the reins taken off, ooh, ooh, that's my quote. That's my that's my prediction. Ooh, the Britney Britney gets the reins taken off. Ooh. Speaking of, ooh, did you see the woman who claimed to have? And I say claimed. There are some people that still believe it happened that she had 10 babies and uh, she you know that was the new record right i mean we had uh what's her face uh octomom we had uh give birth to eight kids in 2009 and uh we had uh, a woman who delivered nine children at a moroccan hospital in last may i think but this woman claimed to have 10 babies and she uh, lives in South Africa. And now they're saying, oh, yeah, no, she did not have 10 babies. In fact, when we took her to the hospital, we admitted her right to the psychiatric ward. Oh, uh, okay. So apparently a medical evaluation has shown that there was no pregnancy. It also showed there was no physical scars to indicate a recent C-section. And her attorney now says, hey, she's being held against her will and we need to get out of here. And the hospital, you know, obviously is declined to uh, speak about it. But they believe she's in sound mind and body. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with the South African woman who claimed to have had 10 babies. Gosami Tamara Sito. No way. G-O-S-I-A-M-E. T-H-A-M-A-R-A. S I T H O L E. Is this whole is this story even real? Gosami Tamari Sito? No. I don't even know if it's real now. The whole thing's got me off with her name. The story of me off it doesn't even seem real. There are pictures though of her uh apparently pregnant with ten kids. And uh, there's pictures of her with another man on a love seat just looking happy and you know pregnant with 10 babies <laughs> but the name makes me believe that it isn't real so i don't know i don't know plus you'd think we'd see the kids right if we had the kids we'd see them and there's no record of them being born now could they have been born out in the back 40 on the ranch sure it's possible but it usually doesn't happen when you have multiple children at once and she was having 10 so we'll see what happens but i i'd almost guarantee that this story will come back in another two months not even real it's just a fake story. It would not surprise me at all. In fact, I, I could almost, I, I, I don't want to say I'm predicting it, but I'm predicting it.
plenty going on around the world. I see where the parent company of TikTok is uh, releasing in an internal memo that revenue increased 111% to $34.3 billion in 2020, and its gross profit rose 93% to $19 billion. That's pretty good. And they're still allowed here in the United States. Because I see where uh, Huawei, uh, the Chinese company, loses its court appeal as the FCC increases pressure, uh, you know, calling it a national security threat and anything to have to do with Huawei, H-A-H-U-A-W-E-I, is a national security threat. I thought TikTok was that way as well, but apparently we're fine with TikTok now. It's just Huawei that we're concerned about. I see where Iran, uh, their power plant, their nuke power plant, has undergone an emergency shutdown that's supposed to last for three to four days. I'm sure there's nothing nefarious going on. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I love Iran's new president-elect, Ibrahim Raisi. Uh, he, his first remarks since his, uh, election, rejecting the possibility of meeting with president Joe Biden or negotiating Tehran's ballistic missile program and support of regional militias. So that's good news. One of my favorite things about his press conference though, was, are we living in the caveman days? I mean, when we have press conferences most places in today's world you get one mic you get one feed we put in we put in three cameras or four cameras or one camera whatever the case is you get one mic and that's the feed and then that feed goes out to everybody else that's the way it works not in iran not in iran his picture was outstanding he had at least at least 30 maybe more microphones in front of him i don't even it was just this monster podium with all these microphones is iran back in the caveman days yes jeff yes they are don't you want to live there yeah no no i don't but it's just incredible to me that that is still over why are we even allowing that what what's going on we put one mic in front of you we take the picture even in iran i mean you're the supreme leader or the president elect or whatever your title is can't you just rule from on high and say one mic and that's it i i would think so but apparently not uh keep a heads up in the sky because the uh, newest version of boeing 737 max has completed its first test flight and so just keep a heads up we'll be we'll be looking for that to be flying over these days an amazing number here. I, I I found this really, really hard to believe. So the number of Costco memberships is now higher than the number of U.S. households that pay for cable TV. That's pretty incredible. That's an incredible number. The renewal rate was 91% last year, and Costco's stump, uh, stock jumped 33%. But uh, cord cutters... Uh, cord cutters are cutting cords, man. So there's very few, and there's still millions, but you know, for cable TV, and there's more Costco memberships. Pretty incredible. And the breaking news today that uh, you'll find it's under the isn't that interesting? Warren Buffett resigns trustee post 
at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. What other news is going to drop about Bill Gates or Melinda, of course, and the Gates Foundation? What is happening? This divorce man is rocking the world, man. There's billions of dollars on the line. And Gates resigns. I mean, Buffett resigns his trustee post. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So apparently we have a NFL player, now an active NFL player, who has come out and said that he is gay. Carl Nassib. He announced it on his Instagram account. What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but have I you? finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that Wait, representation what? and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, they you know, really I'm going to do my best and do my now. part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible that's great. things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Don't, don't we? Of course we do, Carl. Of course we do. I really find it strange. Though. So he's the first and big deal. Big freaking deal. And I'm really a private person, but I had to get it out there. And I, I just wanted to uh, let you know that I'm gay. And, and I'm giving a bunch of money to this LGBTQ uh, suicide prevention program, the Trevor Project, which is cool. I mean, that's great. Just give them the money. Oh, you don't need to tell us. I know you're a private person, though, so I get it. But what happened like, Michael Sam? I mean, he played with my son at Missouri. My son and he are friends. I, I, I just... I've, I, what happened to him? He was drafted into the NFL. So I guess because he wasn't an active player that now Carl is, Michael was the first draftee in the NFL that was gay. So Carl is now the first active player. So I guess I just have to, you know, say what's next. What's next? The first over 50 player in the NFL that's gay. Is it the first retired NFL player that's gay to come out as gay? That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. We need the first retired NFL player to come out as gay. That would be great. Thank you. We really appreciate it. I mean, then I see, I thought, well, what about Michael Sam? Well, then I see where Michael Sam, who obviously was the first openly gay football player to be drafted by the NFL, voiced his support for Carl Nassib. What's he going to say? Oh, no, he shouldn't be saying that. Uh, Come on now. I just, of course he's going to be for it. (sighs) Just really incredible. He's, you know, and it was no big deal. He's He's a nice guy. And it was just unbelievable 
And I just find it really weird that we have to go through this process when it doesn't matter. Do whatever you do. I don't care what your preference is. And if your preference is something like, hey, you know, I'm gay and you're hot. You think we could go out? No, I'm not gay. Okay, no problem. Or you already know the person is gay and you know the people who aren't gay, so you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about any kind of attraction that you may have in the workplace. That's where all people, you know, not all people, but many people meet their spouses or their relationships is at their work environment. It's just amazing to me. It really just, I can't take it. I can't take it. And then we've got the story about Ronaldo, who was in, he's been in the news. I mean, they're just cranking Ronaldo news all over the place. He did the Coca-Cola thing with moving the water. And then uh, we find out that uh, he's the first person to hit 300 million on Instagram. And now we find out he's selling his NYC apartment for a $10 million loss. And you want to know why he's willing to take a $10 million loss? It isn't because he's worth you know, half a billion dollars and he doesn't want to have an apartment in that crap hole of a city, New York anymore. No, it's because it's in Trump tower. That's right. He's willing to take a major loss because it's in Trump tower. Now, apparently in 2015, obviously it was okay for Ronaldo to spend $18.5 million for the three bedroom apartment. I guess that's okay. Uh, but he's willing to slash the price to a mere $7.7 million right now. I don't think he's had any bites on that bad boy, though. It's a 2,500-square-foot Fifth Avenue pad. It's got views of New York City skyline, 360-degree range through Central Park. Looks beautiful, the view picture from the apartment. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'd be really nice to uh, to be living there. No doubt about it. But for that's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money for that small of a place, man. But that's New York. That's what New York is. Now, apparently, he uh, took a hit when the people started, uh, you know, trolling him, saying, hey, you can't be anywhere near Donald Trump. Sell your property, sell your property, sell your property. And they just kept after him and after him. Is that why he's getting rid of it? I don't know. The fans want to believe that. So they want to, you know, try to have anybody that's a high-profile celebrity take a stand against President Trump. Is that why he's dumping the joint? I don't know. I don't know that he's been quoted as saying that. I don't know that he will say that. I mean, it's a cool place. And if you were going to live in New York, that wouldn't be a bad place to live. You get a private entrance, 24-hour security, restaurants, on-site fitness. It's just, you know, whatever. It's a cool place. And if you're spending, you know, $18 million for the view of New York City and Central Park, I mean, okay. All right. And Ronaldo, I'll tell you what. If you can't sell it, I'll take it off your hands. Just give it to me, and I'll hang out. And I'll let you know. I'll send you pictures, like daily pictures on my gram, on the Insta, Jeff Fisher Radio. And I'll say, hey, Ronaldo, here's what it looks like today. Peace out. (laughs) That should go over big. (laughs) 
So American Airlines announced that it is going to be canceling about 950 flights between now and mid-July, which amounts to about 1% of its total flights. Um, More cancellations may be coming as American uh, continues to evaluate its options. The company says it deliberately chose airports where there are many alternatives for getting passengers to their destinations. It will notify passengers well in advance. But if you have a flight booked on American, I would say maybe you check. Uh, Maybe you check it out. So there's an uptick in travel, and yet we're going to cancel flights. Wonder why that could be. Wonder why that could be. It doesn't make any sense. There's an uptick in travel, and yet we're going to cancel flights. Huh. Weird. Apparently, they don't have anybody to work. (laughs) I can't find anybody to fly the planes. They've got uh, all kinds of people uh, looking, you know, I guess people are looking for gigs, but they don't want to work for American. So it's suspending service to 15 destinations, furloughed 19,000 employees, including 1,600 pilots. That was back in October. That wasn't even now. Holy cow. I thought they did okay with that because they got the government money. Yeah. The 1,600 pilots were called back in December in accordance with the extension of the payroll support program. That's what I thought. Okay. So they were back to work based on operational need. All right. Well, we need you. Come back. Fly the plane. And then we've had uh, weather has made things much worse throughout the past week. We've had multiple hour ground stops that have had a serious impact, not only on our aircraft routing, but, but also on our crew routing. Yeah, you wouldn't want the you wouldn't want the crew to wait with the low life people. You know, we can't have that. Plus, uh, I really really find it strange that they can't find people to work and yet all i hear about is flight attendants want stiffer penalties for unruly passengers the faa has received about 3100 reports of unruly travel behavior this year okay well that may be true but it's the flight attendants that are reporting the unruly travelers so okay So now the flight attendants are pushing carriers to delay returning alcohol sales. Um, Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe you bring a little booze back into the picture, but things will calm down a little bit. And apparently now we're going to have, you know, Washington get involved. That's what we want. We want new laws and rules and regulations. That would be great. Don't you worry about it. And we've gone down the list on this show of the people who were fined and what they were doing. And yes, there were some that were actually, you know, unruly passengers. And that's going to happen no matter what. But when we have this situation that we've been in for quite some time, and now we're going to continue with these draconian measures on these airlines and yes you heard me i said it draconian measures on these airlines you want to be able to put us in two and three to a mule but you want us to be step up in line but you don't want us to complain about anything like being stuffed in like sardines you don't want to spread out the seats any you don't want to give people more room and have ad flights you're going to take flights away you got more people flying than you can handle and instead of expanding you're going to decrease it's amazing 
maybe we need to rethink the business model maybe maybe that whole too big to fail thing needs to go away not that i was a proponent of it to begin with but for sure it might be time to make it go away if there was ever a time for someone to be able to step in with a new air airline plan i would say now would be it just uh you know just a thought from chewing the fat so i've got some twitter and some facebook news that i wanted to get to that we would uh, you know i teased a little bit about talking uh, about yesterday but then i had this story about joanna brewster come across my feed as i'm sitting here talking to you and i can't take it so the headline that flashes across my screen is f9 star jordana brewster says she was asked to lose weight for past roles praises hollywood's new standards what are you kidding me no we're supposed to believe that she's pissed that she had to lose weight for roles in hollywood they've made people have gotten oscars for losing weight and looking so thin and horrible or gaining weight and looking like they're in my 600 pound life but we're to believe that she was uh this was horrific for her as she sat down and said she finally felt confident enough to show her back in a scene in a new indie movie she's in because uh, it's just uh, I mean, my character is trying to make a point and I just feel like I'm confident enough to do the scene given how many changes she's been she's seen in show business really is that what it is jordana are you kidding me she explained that actresses coming up in the early 2000s had to spend so much time worrying about achieving unrealistic body standards rather than focusing on their craft that's what the job is you want to look good and you work on your craft that's part of the deal i can't take it i can't freaking take it I used to get notes. They're asking you to lose some weight. I would carry that with me for years because, you know, how could you not? I don't know. Maybe you cash the paycheck and move on. That's how you deal with it. Jordana. Oh, it's just, I can't. I I can't. All right, we'll talk about moving back to... <laughs> I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can. I'll give you the Twitter... Uh, of course, it has another, oh, we're sorry. Gosh darn it, that was a mistake. Odd uh, man, we're sorry. So apparently it cut off National File, uh, locking it out of the system, and their Twitter account, National File, completely locked out for 12 hours. But well, that's been reinstated. We're sorry. Man, oh man, what was an error? The 12-hour lockout was down uh, to the tweet having allegedly violated the Twitter rules regarding their policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful information related to COVID-19. The story that got that got their account locked out was a story covering the tragic death of a 13-year-old boy from Michigan who passed away only three days after receiving his second dose of the COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer. 
Now, as horrific as that is, giving the 13-year-old boy uh, the vaccine is just, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't do it. You want to do it, you go right ahead. You want to get the vaccine, you go right ahead. Uh, I'm still in the vaccine-hesitant pile, but I would not, personally, I would not give it to my 13-year-old, 14-year-old daughter. Okay, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. And you would ha- you'd have a fight on your hands if you were if you were coming to do that. But Twitter made the mistake. Anyway, that's not what the story was about. The t- story, <laughs> although I could make it about that. Uh, we could. It was just uh, it was just Twitter saying, "Oh no, gosh darn it!" You know, it was a mistake. That's a that's a great Twitter move, uh, and a Facebook move, and a social media account move. We'll pull the plug. And if people complain and we'll go back and we'll look at it and we'll say, oh, yeah, geez, oh, man, we are so sorry. We didn't, you know, we're sorry. It was a mistake. You got, here you go. Take it back. So we have tech companies suing uh, Florida back now for the de-platforming law. So we'll see how that goes uh, as time will tell. Uh, we talked yesterday about Facebook clarifying satire in their community standards, which I, which I appreciated. It was great. We have a creator wars going on right now that is huge. We got to talk about that. I mean, Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, they're all racing to build and acquire these new tools that's going to help them compete with smaller upstarts. It's going to be great. Facebook just released where they're going to start having their new live audio rooms which is kind of cool actually the the premise of it is i don't know uh we'll talk uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow i'll i'll dive into it tomorrow it's got uh, you know it's almost like um audio space uh twitter spotify clubhouse and we've got these um live audio products that they want to do live audio rooms uh, they're doing something for live audio rooms for public figures and for those of you that aren't public figures. And if a listener enjoys a conversation, they can offer support to speakers by sending virtual stars to public figures. I want a virtual star. That's what I want. I want a virtual star. You know what else I want? I want virtual money. Only let's turn the money into real. So we'll talk a little bit about that new plan from Facebook. And I apologize for getting off the rails a little bit on Jordana. But that is agonizing to me. So we're supposed to believe that she was so, so, so distraught that these movies I was doing was just... I could barely get through them. I could barely cash the checks because they... They wanted me to look a certain way. That's why you get the part. It's just... I can't. I can't.